Welcome to the Female Founder Friday podcast, a collection of inspiring conversations with the most interesting female entrepreneurs and small business owners. I'm your host, Lindsay White, and together with my incredible guests, we'll explore the struggles of being a female entrepreneur, the most important lessons, and the future of women leaders in business. And I'm passionate about helping female entrepreneurs become the calm, confident leader their team and their business really need. That's why I've recently launched my six-week mental fitness bootcamp. This amazing program will help you tackle your inner critic, tame your saboteurs, tap into your sage inner voice, and help you build the mental muscles you need to quickly overcome the changes and challenges that you're facing right now. If you're ready to transform your leadership and your life, connect with me today at highvoltageleadership.ca backslash positive intelligence to learn more. My guest on this week's episode is actually my good friend, Trina Lowe. Trina, in her own words, is a well-rounded marketer and has gone rounder by the day through the isolation of COVID. Haven't we all? She's a powerhouse female founder with over two decades of professional communication experience in everything from advertising to magazine publishing, graphic design to social media. But it was her own experience with the frustration and burnout that comes from trying to do it all that propelled Trina to create her own agency. Now, 21 years later, Trina has a thriving marketing business where she and her team help other entrepreneurs create fresh, new, innovative ways to connect and communicate with their clients. Trina has learned so much from her journey, and she's going to share all of that with us today. So let's get started. Okay, welcome, Trina Lowe, to the Female Founder Friday podcast. So happy to have you here as a guest today. Thanks for being with me. Thank you so much for the invite. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I am too. Because I'm not sure I even know about your journey to becoming a female founder. And so I'm actually super curious. I want to hear the story. I think it's, uh, I don't know how common it is, but it was born out of frustration. And I jokingly say that one day I basically just lost my mind. <laughs> I love Working it. a job. I had, I had the best job ever. I loved, loved, loved my job. I was the production director at Avenue Magazine for about six years. It had all of the right interesting things at the time that kept me really interested and busy because I got to touch everything. Because back in the day, Avenue was this tiny little, very, very, very poor company. Yeah. <laughs> it was just getting started. I think I got there in their second year mm-hmm. after they launched. So uh, yeah, loved my job. But frankly, as time went on, I really figured out what my job was and what I could make it to be. I was getting really frustrated as to why certain things weren't done yeah. or why certain things weren't done better. And I could see with great clarity how things needed to be done or what else needed to be done. And the action just was too slow if it ever happened at all. And it frankly just drove me mad. (laughs) So, so, you know, after I'm in my sixth year or so or whenever it was, and you're just producing ad after ad after ad. Right. It's a little dry. And it was just... I just hit a point of frustration too, because it was such a small company at the time that they could only see that I was capable of doing one thing. Right. Right. So it didn't, they didn't really allow me to explore very much. And so I went, 
I just, I just got really bored. Yeah. I started taking, you know, not three hour lunches when I could, but kind of. Yeah. Go to the bank for a really long time and yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. And I went, okay, well, I think since no one's been listening to me for the last two years, I, I think I can do it better. And so I just started exploring other avenues and really looking at what else can I do out of all the amazing things I learned there. I'm still very, very grateful for that opportunity, but yeah. you know, what do I want to do? I think, you know, I got to try writing, which is super cool. I of course helped out with the accounting. I helped out with sales. None of these things were my job, by the way. <laughs> right. You know, I also did, had a lot to do with the copywriting and the ad visuals in working directly with the graphic and production team that put everything together. I was the direct liaison either with our sales team or the client themselves, mostly the client themselves. Yeah. So putting together literally thousands of ads over the years, it was like, I think I can do that. I think I want to get back to my creative side because I, I did have one. And I went into school after that to become a graphic designer full time. I love that. I love that. And I think for many female founders, that this is what I have heard over the episodes that we've done already. And of course, the clients that I work with is a lot of time um, starting your own business is born to some degree out of that frustration, whether it's for me, it was frustration with a really toxic boss, frustration with, yeah, a job where you get a little pigeonholed and just mm -hmm. knowing that there's more there's more you're capable of, there's more you want to do and explore and more growth. Yeah, it was just, it was just time, I think, because I had, I felt I had pushed as hard as one could push yeah. for me to get out of that pigeonhole and I still wasn't being heard. And I just, honestly, I was also so overworked. I know that that wasn't on purpose, yeah. but I became that person in the office who'd been there the longest outside of the owner and anything and everything where there was a problem, a question, training new salespeople, even though I wasn't the sales manager, like it all just somehow fell back on me because yeah. I had the most history. Right. So I just went, okay, well, I, I just burnt out, honestly. So during that burnout, I mean, I got a, a proper doctor's note and, you know, they tried to send me home that same day and I went, no, no, I can't do that. That's ridiculous. I have, we've got a deadline, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I stayed for a, another month to let them figure out how to find a temporary replacement. I don't think I knew at that time I wasn't going back for sure, but right, yeah. Right. But during that, I started exploring how do you start a business, and I found uh, MMP self employment program. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And you said you went back to school because I know you have a design background, a graphic design background. Yeah. So I went to Sate after really having already started to play with all of the tools in a pretty real life kind of a way, but I didn't really have any formal training. So I took the graphic design program at Sate at night, not thinking it was going to be nearly as hard as it was, by the way. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> I was, you know, suddenly I'm now going to school four nights a week. I am working as many freelance gigs as possible, including a pretty full time one at a different magazine. And I just didn't realize there'd be homework. I don't know why. <laughs> well, because when you get away from the school and then you kind of go back to it and you're like, oh, right. Yeah. yeah homework. And I was like, but I'm paying for this class. I don't feel like I should have homework. I don't understand. 
<laughs> it was intense. It was very intense, but I got so much out of it. I mean, that's, I love the technical side of that program because that was what I needed. I didn't really need the creative side. I already kind of had that naturally. Yeah. I already worked yeah. with so many art directors and really skilled designers. That wasn't the hard part for me. So yeah, it was exactly the right program. That's so cool. I love that. And I love that you took all of that knowledge and, and then added the technical skill. And now you have a really beautiful, thriving business. Yeah, it's, it's been 21 years, believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> uh, of course, I started freelancing a little bit in my later years at Avenue. So, I mean, there's a little bit of a crossover there. Yeah. But, um, it's, yeah, it's been a long time. And most graphic designers are graphic designers, period, end of story. But I came in from the other side yeah. where customer service was a huge deal. Writing the copy was a huge deal. Proofreading was a huge deal. And that's, as far as I know, I mean, I haven't been in school in a long time, but they don't necessarily teach those weird life parts of the job. Because there is a joke that is, you know, graphic designers can't spell. I mean, they're they're creative people. I don't expect them to proofread anything. And I think it's, as a small business, it's important to do your best to deliver the final product the best way it can be delivered every single time, even if it's just a draft. Yeah. No, I, I love that because I do think that that is a, a really special integration of a lot of skills, the creative and uh, the technical, which you're right. I don't think, um, I don't think you get a lot of that, right? No, it's definitely not a typical skill set in one person anyway, to be really detail oriented and, and notice every comma and period, as well as see the pretty side and how is that going to work with your viewer and are, is it engaging enough? Is the color scheme right? All, all of those things need to really blend together. So over the last 20 some odd years, it's obviously grown with technology primarily yeah, yeah. and into a, what we know in, in my industry is a full service marketing agency versus a niched agency, which, which you see a lot of today. So there's just social media people, just designers, just SEO people. And it's all great. They're, they're really specialized, but I prefer and have chosen to over some time uh, work with smaller business owners and they a can't afford to work with that many companies and B it's just from a time perspective alone, not feasible for a small business owner to have to juggle that many things that are really, really complicated. So we're almost like the general contractors of marketing. So no matter what you need, yeah. You come to us and if we can't do it in-house with our own guys, quote, yeah. unquote, then we will find the right fit, but we will be the ones working with them because we speak the same language. You know what? As someone who is a small business owner and works with small business owners, I think that that is awesome. And I love the way you describe that as the general contractor, because that is often the tricky uh, for those of us that, first of all, we don't speak that language. That's not our zone of genius. We know that. I, I am abundantly aware that that is not what I do well, right? Having said that, I often don't know what I don't know. So I don't know who I need or why I need them or what they even freaking do half the time, <laughs> right? Um, all I know is that I need to connect and communicate with my target client with my customer. And I need to do that in a way that is compelling. 
um, and is authentic. Like I want my voice to come through. Um, I have things to say, I, I, you know, but I, I don't know how to translate that. So I really love that you are a, a full service organization that really helps small business owners navigate that. I think that's super cool. And it's, I mean, it's definitely not what, you know, the mark, a lot of marketing gurus or a lot of the trend is to niche. The trend is to, you know, be in your own silo and stay in your own lane as to what you're really good at. But my silo is different and my lane encompasses how to help my clients, which are small business owners, get their messages out overall, yeah. period. And so the mechanism that the client chooses is to, that's just what they choose. Or we, we make suggestions and recommendations on what is ideal, especially based on budgets, because let's face it, marketing isn't necessarily cheap. No, um, and it shouldn't be because it's you know if you get what you pay for, <laughs> you hey. really still that's very true. Yeah, and it's very complicated because you know back in the day, think about when you know we were literally children. We had cable TV, a newspaper, and AM radio. Right? Yeah, no, it's true, right? Yeah, that's all we had. So if you were a retail business back in the day, you hopefully got a good location. You put up a nice sign. You flip that open sign over, maybe you run a newspaper ad or a commercial if you could afford to. And that was yeah. kind of it. Outside of a couple flyers in the neighborhood, there were not that many options to market or advertise. Now, my, the list is literally as long as my arm. So, And it's so, and each one of those options is has its own complexities and its own nuances. It does. Right? It does. Um, whether, I mean, you've got to have the website, the SEO stuff, which absolutely blows my mind. Like I can't even get my head around it. You got your social channels and all of those channels need something a little bit different. You have your brand, you have your message, like all of these things. Um, and having a, a one-stop shop, a reliable source, a great partner who can help you translate, I think is so key for small business owners. It is. And you want, you want to know what the biggest challenge is though, with small business owners? What's that? They don't want to listen. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. They hear you and they come to you with all the intention of listening. And I've re realized that I'm a little bit too nice sometimes. So I'm going to stop doing that because I will let the client more or less pick which direction they want to go first. Cause right. there is a first, second and and then some, yeah. which can't do anything at once. But then I think that as a small business owner, and I know because I've done it to myself as well, <laughs> you talk yourself in and out of what a good idea is and what is a good spend and is this the right thing for me now? And, you know, the second there's too much stress on the business owner, financially or otherwise, time-wise, financially, yeah. if the, the tone changes on that decision that they've already made. And they made it soundly once upon a time because they were not stressed. But as soon as there's too much emotion involved, I find that, well, yeah, the complete opposite conversation starts to happen around the same exact subject. It's very interesting to watch. Mm. And I think that I noticed these things primarily because, hey, I was a very, very shy, quiet kid. I barely spoke two words right. unless it was to my siblings, my cousin, and my, you know, my one little friend at school. But uh, I'm, I'm a listener. And I actually wanted to go into psychiatry, believe it or not. Interesting. So I like to know how the brain works all the time. 
And I wound up in marketing, which is fitting in my opinion, because I need to understand what motivates you when you're on the other side of that screen and no one is around you. You've got your own influences only, but I want you to click on that button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there is, there's a real element of psychology uh, to that marketing space. I totally get that, right? Because you really want to tap into somebody's brain, like what motivates them? Yeah, and it's, I feel like that outside of learning new technology, just because I'm a little bit of a nerd that way and it's fun, yeah. keeps you interested, it's new, it's fresh, it's not, you know, it doesn't get too stale. The, the only other really interesting thing about marketing to me is the, the human brain, the human mind and how it's been changing over time with technology. Because yeah. remember when we could focus and concentrate for more than eight seconds at a time? Yeah, where we were all squirrels. <laughs> Well, yeah. when our life wasn't built on scrolling, right? Yeah. Cause everything is about scrolling now. And so it's that quick hit to the brain. Um, and what catches your, I mean, that's what, you know, Instagram, TikTok, all of those things are based on like what catches your eye and keeps you paused there. Mm -hmm. Um, and that that's very, very nuanced, right? Very nuanced. Yeah. And I think there's also this really interesting thing in and around this whole issue with, but it has to work right now. Everything must work now. And that is never going to be true when you have more than one person involved. Mm. You just don't know for sure, you can't. Yeah, yeah. that's very interesting. Okay, so I wanna ask you this because, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time and, and I love that you've got such an interesting business background. So I know you probably have like eight stories for this, but where, where have you made mistakes? Where have you messed it up? And what have you learned, Trina? Definitely. I think this is true of most people as well. I tried to do everything myself too much, too many, too much of the time. Yeah. Um, and you know, I even recently had a friend say, well, you know, I've got some extra time and I've been in business a while. It's time I learned how to build my own website and those thoughts should never happen. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Okay. I mean, that's like me saying, hey, I should suddenly learn how to change the oil in my car. What? <laughs> I've never done it before. I've never even wanted to do it before. So like not asking, like trying to do everything yourself is on sort of one end of the spectrum. Yeah. And the other one is trusting too much. Mm, yeah. And I frankly almost went bankrupt because there was a bookkeeper that I worked with. This was quite some time ago now who for some reason I didn't notice, didn't do my books for two years. Holy moly. She didn't file my taxes for two years. I didn't know. I had worked with her for so long. The years started to blend into each other. We right. spoke all the time anyway, so there was this illusion that things were happening and I didn't need to worry about it. Right. And then all of a sudden I went, geez, I can't find my last year's NOA in you know, so I needed some papers for some other things and I just couldn't find them. And I'm really, really an organized person, especially with digital files. Yeah. And so I look where they're supposed to be. They're not there. I keep, I keep looking at them. Okay, well, I'll just, I'll just ask her to resend them. I must've deleted them by accident. And that's when I found out she had not filed my taxes or done the bookkeeping in a very long time. Wow. Too much trust on that one. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that, that would have been, that, that would have been a blow. I can imagine. Oh, yeah. Cause I suddenly owed a lot of taxes yeah. and you know, the second you file with the government and you owe, there's a very, very fast ticking clock on the interest. Yeah, no doubt. So I had to 
make very quick, sudden moves on how to pay that back right away. Yeah. And yeah, it was, I, I almost considered going bankrupt instead. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but I, I like your point though, about that there's, you know, there's stuff that you really, you shouldn't be touching, right? Like as a business owner, you need to know where your limits are. Right. But but then also not trusting so much that you don't know things like there's a sweet spot in the middle there. I, I love that. And and as someone who I mean, you've been in this game for, you know, 21 years, which is amazing. I've been doing this for like four. And yeah, I mean, I learned pretty quickly the stuff that I should have absolutely no part of. Mm -hmm. like the bookkeeping, right? Like that's not my zone of genius. Having said that, I also want to be able to at least send an invoice and receive a payment and like, you know, same thing with the website, right? Right. I want to be able to go in there and do a couple things that are pretty Mm -hmm. basic, but I, I really don't have the technical expertise to set up a whole WordPress website and e-commerce and I shouldn't ever be a part of that, right? I always say that if you're only going to do it once, don't. Yeah. Don't spend all of that time learning something so complicated just to really do it once. Even if it was once a year, it'd be so complicated. By the time the next year rolled around, you wouldn't remember how to do it anyway, or it would have changed on you. So, you know what, and that I've actually bumped up against that where I'm like, okay, how do I do this? Because I only do this infrequently. Um, but, but there is, it's tricky when you are an entrepreneur and you do have to give up some of that power, some of that trust, like that, that is a tricky space. Mm -hmm. It's still really awkward sometimes on some things. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Especially when you're in my realm where I, really have a deep understanding of the technology and the technical part of things that we do, but there's no, I I personally could never keep up with SEO for our clients. It's too time consuming. Yeah. I need to understand it to a level that works for me to be able to speak intelligently and quickly with my clients about it, knowing that I'm not actually going to be doing it. It's just, it's just not feasible time-wise. And so it's this really, you know, I learned how to do Shopify websites recently because I thought it was a really smart tool for other people. Yeah. But I didn't feel comfortable going out and talking about it until I had built at least three of them myself. But that's a different reason to learn it. Yeah. Versus the business owner who's going to build it the one time and then struggle to understand how all the backend stuff constantly works or struggle to even talk to Shopify Help Center because they can, those guys can get seriously nerdy on you. Yeah. And I, I love talking to them, but I also can read code. So we're, when they tell me to yeah. open the back end and just slap it in here and do that, I get that. Yeah. But if you're, you know, your primary thing has always been to sell the product that's on the Shopify site and you've never studied or you worked with back end code, you probably just don't want to go there. Yeah, you know, I and you said this phrase earlier, but I think there is something ab- about, you know, really staying in your lane and mm. understanding what like what those guardrails are that you need to know enough to be dangerous, right? right. You need yeah. to know enough to operate those things, um but also have an expert 
that you can trust and depend on to do some of those more technical high-end skill pieces um, that you're right. Like you, you end up spending valuable time on things you have no business being a part of. Um, yeah. I find the one thing that is the most precious to me is I think it should be to everybody, but that's just an opinion is time. Yeah. One thing you will never get back ever. So yeah. one thing that you can waste in it could be uber painful yeah. because it, in my world and what we offer, if you take too much time to get your business going, for example, which some people stall because they're afraid to sell, yeah. <laughs> they, you know, three, six months has gone by and you really haven't started the sales or marketing process. You don't get that time back. And frankly, you just run out of money yeah. to be able to keep going forward. So you've already tanked your business before it got going. Yeah. Time to me is really precious because of course I see, for example, logos. It's like number one thing. I'm starting a brand new business. I need a logo. And of course you do. Absolutely. But are you going to waste your time on Fiverr? And 99 designs not being able to speak adequately to yeah. an, a designer across the world yeah. to get what you want and need in a reasonable amount of time because usually what happens is we'll get the call way late we're talking two three months after they've started working with these online programs some of them are good don't get me wrong but they're like this guy just doesn't listen yeah. it's like yeah because you're paying him five bucks he doesn't care yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just, that time is so precious to get going because if it's something as critical as a logo and name a website, you can't get that time back. No, no, you can't. And that's time that you're not spending doing the important things that are going to make you money in your business. And that I think is an important lesson that I have learned um, is that, you know, I, I really do need to stay in my zone of genius so that so that i can do the right things i can be coaching with my clients i can be working with them in their business on their on their people strategy because that's what i do really well and if i'm spending time building my own logo or doing my own bookkeeping that's time that i'm not working with my clients exactly and you know i think most business owners love what they do yeah but a lot of them really shy away from the sales side. And if you are a small business owner, you're probably the salesperson or the business development lead. And sure. so people will choose these other more technical things to learn be really most of the time because they don't want to be selling. They're procrastinating. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, you know, selling kind of has, it, it's become a bit of a dirty word, hasn't it? Oh, I think it always has been. I mean, I don't know how old you are, but remember WKRP? Oh, yeah, totally. I love that show. <laughs> It's like the Herb Tarlicks of the world. But, you know, <laughs> We're just totally dating ourselves, but I love it. I love it. No, but, but it's true, right? It's really, really true is that we look at we look at sales as being something really negative and dirty and sort of sleazy. Um, and the truth is, it's really about having a great conversation and building a great relationship. And and if you really believe in what you are doing, then it's not selling. It it really mm -hmm. is just talking about what you do, why you do it, and, and how it really creates incredible results. Yeah, that's, I mean, I teach, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I mean, many, many moons after having completed the self-employment program, um, it's a Canadian government program. Yeah, yeah. I now, I now teach for it. 
And so I love, and I volunteered. I like hunted them down and said, I have got so much benefit from this. I need to give back. And it's so much fun. So, you know, I teach for two different organizations uh, with that program. And I tell them exactly the same thing. It's just like, okay, so who here likes to sell? Yeah. Nobody puts up there. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe one guy, maybe, right? Who has a sales background, but 99% of the business owners I run into hate sales. They hate the marketing because they don't understand it, but they really don't like talking about it because they feel like they're going to be that Herb Tarlick. Mm-hmm. And what you said is almost verbatim what I tell them. I'm like, if you really truly believe that you're good at what you do, and other people do it too. Don't you have a bit of a responsibility to go out there and let people know that you're available to help them and help them properly? Yeah. That's your responsibility. Like you can't let a schmo go and get this potential client and, and cause them damage if you are more than capable yeah. of doing that for them. So why don't you just look at it like sharing what you do instead of selling? Because Yeah, I think that's actually a really great way to put it is just sharing what you do. Yeah. Right. And, and really I even, cause I teach a networking course too. I tell people to just wait till they're asked. Yeah. And if nobody asks, don't tell. Yeah. Cause in my opinion, if no one's going to ask me what I do in return, if we've already had that, you know, the first half is them talking. And if they don't ask me what I do, then they're clearly not interested and that is okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that Trina. That's such a great approach. I think that's really smart and it just takes that, takes that dirty feeling out of <laughs> sales, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, I, and it's true for me, right? Like I believe very passionately in what I do and who I work with and I just need to talk about it. I just need yeah. to talk about it and the right people uh, will connect with it. Right. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just sharing. It's just yeah. sharing. I think, I think the, the dangerous part of this conversation though is that some people might get stuck there. Yeah. We, for example, have this one really cool client. It was beverage related, adult beverages. And uh, they had started this thing online. It got really, really popular. So they had thousands of followers and eventually wanted to sell memberships to a concept. Mm-hmm. And it was a perfect blend. It was a great idea. It was a smooth, beautiful online product. And, uh, you know, their problem was, is that they didn't, weren't getting any sales, but they got stuck in the sharing mode of just the stuff and failed to mention they actually had anything to sell. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think a lot of small business owners would fall into that particular trap. Exactly. So I really wanted to mention that while we're talking, just so people don't, you know, have this snippet of, but all you have to do is share you also have to in some form or fashion ask for the sale which again you know that brings back that awkward part but maybe it's more like do you think I'm the right person to help you yeah 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 that's I love that thank you for adding that because I I do think that that's something that I've had to learn um coming from a corporate career where basically you got to work with me we could do it the easy way or the hard way Um, and now being in my own business, um, and, and actually saying I I can help you and here's what I can do to help you. Right. Right. This is, this is the valuable things that I do as a coach or that I do as a consultant. Um, and here's the results that some clients have got and, and here's how I can help you with that. Are you interested? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love, I love that addition to the conversation. 
everyone tuning in today. Thanks so much for being a part of the Female Founder Friday podcast. I really love Trina's leadership approach, which is all about letting others shine. And you can find out more about my friend Trina and what she does on her Instagram. And her handle there is at Freshlink Communications. And of course, you can find me on Instagram too. And my handle is at High Volt Leadership. The Female Founder Friday podcast has a goal to impact a thousand listeners. And it would mean the world to me if you left this episode a five-star review and shared it with all of your friends. Let's engage a thousand female entrepreneurs and amplify the message. Thanks so much for being a part of the show today. And don't forget to connect with me at highvoltageleadership.ca.